Hello guys, my name is Soul Sky. Welcome to Soul Talks. I'm here with Julio, who is you're the owner. I'm one of the owners. One yeah. of the owners on Grill, Grill on the Hill. So Julio, just tell tell me a bit about yourself. All right. Well, I'm 55 years old. Um, I've been doing plumbing all my life, which has nothing to do with having a bar, but that's really what I do. Okay. Um, my friend Billy, that I met in Thomas Edison High School back in Queens, uh, Billy was one of the founders of this bar. From the day I met him in freshman year, he talked about owning a bar. Every class, every every time we were five seconds together, he was like, I want to own a bar one day, I want to own a bar one day, that's what I want to do. And he just kept talking about that till freshman year, I mean senior year. We graduated, we went on separate ways, we got married, we had kids, and every year he moved to California, and every year after that he would come back to New York looking for a place to get a bar. And he just kept pursuing it and pursuing it. He bought me a book, how to manage and own a bar, how to do this, how to do that, how to... He, he was just on top of it. That's all his passion was, was to own a bar. Um, one day he, met, he found this place, uh, he was a contractor, and I was a plumber, so he was out always looking for work, looking for construction, and he had found this place, and he actually said he found the spot. Years before that, me and him went to tons and tons of places, we went to tons and tons of bars, we went everywhere, Brooklyn, Queens, every bar we could go to just to like see what the, what the thoughts were, and uh, when he found this place, he said this was it. Okay. Now, this is when we graduated high school, we were 18 years old. This is back when we were like 40-something, like 46, 47. And uh, he said, I found, the, I found the spot. It took us about a year to build it. it was, the place was a disaster. There's mm. pictures I could show you how the place was really, really bad. This place was run down. The building was abandoned. There were squatters living here. The cops had to kick them out. Um, the owner of the building had promised us this spot to be ours. And... Um, we worked on it. Everything you see here, we did ourselves. And Billy did all the construction. I helped him do the construction. When it came to do the plumbing, he helped me do the plumbing. And we spent like nine months, almost ten months, building this place. Soup to nuts. Everything you see, we did ourselves. We, From here? Yeah. We hired some guys to help us out. I got some friends that were plumbing. My plumbing guys came in, helped me out a couple of times. He got his friends to come in. But we got the place finally done. So you talk about you do plumbing. Um, how long have you doing? You've been doing your plumbing since 18 years old. Okay. Graduated, graduated high school, and went right to plumbing. Okay. So, when your friend Bill decided, hey, I wanted to open up a bar, did you agree with him on opening it up together? We were. I was a little bit for years. He's talked about it since freshman year. So for years, I kept saying, yeah, yeah, okay, like it's never gonna happen. When he actually found the spot and we had the spot, that's when I said to myself. Do I really want this? Like, is this really what I want to do? I'm married. I got four kids. I really, it's not really what I wanted to do. But I said to myself back then, I was like 47, 48 years old. And I said, you know what? Maybe it might be a good investment where I could put money into something mm -hmm. that would eventually bring me back money. And I could easily slowly get out of plumbing. And this would just bring me money because the bartenders run the bar. The kitchen runs the kitchen, and the staff cleans and does maintenance or whatever. Anything breaks, I come here and fix it. You know, we, we work together my, with my other partner and I. He does all the bookkeeping, all the billing, and I do all the inventory and all the, you know, cleaning up and making sure nothing falls apart. And then a year after we had the place, Billy passed away. He passed I'm away sorry. Passed away February 20th, I think it was, two oh, years I ago. Remember. Yeah. 
And then I'm, I'm the one that found him, so that was even tougher because I, I was texting him all day. He wasn't answering my phone. I text my partner. I text my partner Steve, and I said, "I go. I haven't heard from Billy all day. Where's Billy?" So I called. I called Billy's mom because we grew up together. So I, I've known the family all my life, just about. Uh, Billy's mom said, "Oh, same thing. He was supposed to come and drop off his car for his daughter because his daughter had to cut a college. She was going, to, I think, um, Washington State University or something in Washington D.C. and." Um, she had to borrow his car to take all her furniture to the dorm mm-hmm. and he didn't show up. So I had called the mother and the mother was worried, my partner was worried, we were all worried. Um, he lived right here in Hamilton, okay. um, that corner building right there, mm-hmm. on the third floor. I went upstairs, knocked on the door, and all I heard was the alarm clock going beep, 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 beep. And if he was there, he would have turned it off. So I started, went down to my truck, I took some tools, and I'm trying to break into the apartment. And here I am, a Spanish guy, breaking into a house in Harlem. And I was like, this doesn't look good, because the, the tenants started coming out, people are looking up the stairs, everybody's like staring at me, and here I am trying to jimmy a door. And I was like, I'm going to get arrested. So I stopped called the cops, the cops came, two cops came down and they, they, they tried to break in. One big heavy set cop was trying to throw himself into the door. He couldn't knock the door down. Um, finally, they called ESU, which is like the special units or special mm-hmm. cops, whatever. They came with drills and stuff and they popped open the door. And as soon as the door opened up, they said, yeah, he's here. And I was like, oh, great. And they're like, yeah, it's not what you think. And I was like, what? Yeah. And he said, we need you to identify the body. And once they said that, I dropped to the floor. Yeah. I was like, and I remember going to the stairs and I was gagging. I, I, I just couldn't phantom that he just died. died. And um, I had to go in, identify the body. I came back and I said it was, yeah. Then I came here, I told the bar and the whole bar, everybody was crying. Um, and it, it was tough. And then after he passed away, then it just left my partner Steve and I with the bar. And what's funny is, Billy was the one that wanted the bar all his life. That was his, his dream. dream. Steve is married, got kids. I'm married, got kids. Me, it was an investment. Steve was an investment. It was Bill's dream to have this place. And Steve and I put everything we had into it to make it happen for Billy. And then Billy passed away. So that was wow. tough. So he didn't really get to see how well, everything. He got, he got a year. He got a year and change. A year, you know, a year and a half maybe of seeing the place happen. I know. I know he died knowing his dream got done. Got done. You know, that which I'm, I'm happy for that. It would have been sad if he died as we were building it and he never saw it finished. Then that would have been a different story. At least he saw it happen. He saw the opening day. He saw people coming in. Everybody loved him. Everybody used to come in and say, where's Bill? Where's Bill? And, then, you know, but now after he died, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a little bit tough because, you know, it's it's. We got to work a little bit harder to be here. My partner's got to be harder to be here. You know, we got to try to maintain it, and we're trying to keep it to try to keep Bill's dream alive. But you know, it's it's not something that I wanted to do in my life. Although my wife keeps saying it was my dream, also. But you know, what was like in the in the investment part? Were you scared that it wasn't gonna yeah, of happen? Yeah, of course. I mean, you're not putting in ten dollars. You're not putting in a hundred dollars. You're putting, you're putting in, in thousands. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you're putting a whole bunch of money on something like on 17 on roulette and just hope hoping you, win. you right. win. You're just hoping for the best. I mean, it's 
it's kind of panned out a little bit. It, it's got its up and downs. Uh, when the kids get off from college, the bar kind of dies out. Yeah. And we start going down in the funds. Then the kids come back, we get busy, it starts going back up again. Then we got like, you know, special events, comedy night. We got, um, we got bands back here. We got, you know, uh, we got, when they have like their classes and they have um, finals, you know, they study, 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 and they just pound the bar and they just drink all night long and it's you know it's it's got its ups and it's got its downs so there's some good days and some bad days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like anything else so is it hard managing your own like you having your own business and managing this yes what are the difficulties that you face with that with both or just yeah bar? with both okay with plumbing is scheduling making sure jobs get done making sure my guys get there making sure you know the materials there, making sure the guys know what to do. A lot of times I gotta show up ahead of time, make sure that, you know, what I have in my mind is what they're gonna do. Because when you talk to the customer, you tell them I'm gonna run the pipes this way and that way and do this and do that. That's in my head. Mm -hmm. It's not in the other guy's head. Okay. So when I get there, I gotta explain to them, I wanna drill the holes here, run the pipes this way, stay tight to the wall. They wanna put kitchen cabinets here. So we gotta, you know, this is where the pipes gotta go. And it's kinda like, Here's my idea, and then they know what to do, and then sometimes they hit, they hit things that I didn't foresee, so I get the phone call and say, oh, we drilled a hole, and there's a cement column there, so we gotta, so, you know. So the days in plumbing, do you have rough days as well as yes. a plumber? Yes. Okay, and what are some, like, just for anyone listening, like, cause you own the plumbing company, what was your struggles at becoming a plumber? Like, what motivated you to become a plumber? Well, what motivated me was I i was never really good with, you know, math and stuff. It wasn't, scholastics weren't my, 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 my great assets. Um, I was better with my hands. Since I was a little kid and I was like, you know, 13, 14 years old, I've always taken, like, things apart and then rebuild them. Did I ever get them right? Probably not, but... <laughs> But, but my father used to get mad all the time. I used to take radios apart and put the radios back together again. It worked. I was like, hey, and if it didn't work, I'd be like, oop, buy another one. Um, I used to tinker with everything at the house. Always play with stuff that I should have been playing with. Um, but I've always been good with my hands. I've always been able to take things apart, memorize it, and put it back together again. Um, getting the business going, that at the beginning was... It's hard to let clientele. You gotta build your name, you gotta build a reputation, you gotta build that you know you know what you're doing, you gotta prove you know what you're doing. I remember my early ages when I first got started, I used to go to people's houses and there was a guy who was like 80 years old and I was like 20 something. And the guy's like, you know, I want a more experienced plumber. I'm like, I'm a licensed plumber. I, I, I am experienced. Oh no, I want somebody who has more experience. I'm like, you can't, I mean, I'm sorry, you want somebody else, you could hire somebody else. When the job got done, the guy's like, I apologize, I'm sorry, you know, you just look too young, you know, whatever. But people always look down, especially if you're young, they always look down at you, you don't know what you're doing. And as long as you keep your head cool and you keep your mind set and, and you know what you're doing, you could always prove people wrong. So just stick to your guns and just do what you believe is what you want to do. How long did it take to you started building up your clientele for your plumbing business? It takes years. Um, it you know you, you do a really good job for one guy. That guy tells two people. Then you do another job for somebody else. That guy tells two people. And so now you got you got six people. And then as long as you keep doing a good job, the word just gets out. What happens sometimes is. 
you know, you hook up with some people who are not good contractors, and then you do a job, and the contractors blame you and say, "Oh, this didn't work out because the plumber messed up," and you know, then then you lose one, or you lose two, or you lose two or three, two or three of those friends because the contractor messed it up. Baby. You know. He did something wrong, but he blames somebody else. He doesn't want to take the blame himself because nobody ever blames themselves. It's always somebody else's fault. So sometimes you work with contractors and you kind of lose contact with them because they, you know, you could tell you're not on the same page. You know, anything could get fixed. If you drill a hole, you do something, you make a mistake, it's, it could be fixed. So like practice makes perfect. Practice type of makes thing. perfect, and working with somebody who's on your team makes makes it work good because. If you drill a hole in the wrong spot and for any reason there's something wrong because there's air conditioning duct work there or there's something that you don't know about, nobody told you. There's blueprints. Sometimes you look at the blueprints, you don't see something. You drill a hole, you run your pipes there, and then the next day they say, you put your pipes where the duct work's going to go. So how's the air conditioning guy going to run his duct work? Now, mm. Oh, I didn't see it. Sorry. A good contract, they'd be like, listen, don't worry about it. It's just, you know, you do all the work all over again. I'll redo the beams again. You know, it'll... We'll work it out somehow. Those, that's a good contractor. You work it out. Um, instead of the contractor saying, oh, I'm going to lose tons of money now, you know, that tells the homeowner, oh, it's the plumber's fault, he didn't get the blueprints. It's, I've had I've contractors now that would never say a bad thing about me. They, they just love the way I work. And if I do make a mistake, it's kind of like, don't worry about it. We'll make it work. I know you would do it for me. I'm doing it for you. Don't worry about it. How did you, you say you had fear or you wasn't so good at math. How did you overcome the whole math solution with plumbing fingers fingers okay <laughs> uh, smartphones um no it basically is kind of like whenever i give somebody a price or do anything with math i've always taught myself never give an answer right there because most likely i'm wrong okay i always tell everybody I, let me sit i may sit in my truck let me sit down figure out the numbers i'll and get everything right and i'll come back with numbers so i walk out of the house sit in the truck the old-fashioned calculator or now we got smartphones you just do all the math you figure out everything everything from everything you could think of you put it on paper you write down all the numbers make phone calls find out what things cost make sure you got it right and in the ballpark and then round it up a little bit so in case you make a mistake you got a little cushion there you know okay. to cover yourself school they they did you you use math i'm you, did you use calculators and stuff in school while you was in no. doing plumbing? Back no. In, back in my day, we didn't have smartphones. I mean, we had calculators, but you weren't allowed to use them. Oh, so you had to do a lot of things by memory? Right. By memory or by having your little tricks, you know. Okay. Um, how long did it take? How long did you, were you in school for plumbing? Four years. I went to vocational school in Thomas Edison High School. That's where Billy went also. Um... We, I took plumbing for four years, so did Billy. When we graduated, I stayed with plumbing. Billy went to construction. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people who want to have their own businesses, what would you suggest? What is, what is the best advice that you can give them? The best advice and what worked for me is for after I graduated high school, obviously you're not set to do your own stuff. You obviously got to work with people for a while. No matter what you do in life, if you you know, any kind of job you want to do. You work with somebody for a while and then you slowly try to do a little work on yourself on the side. Like, I mean, for me, plumbing, it's kind of simple because you work in somebody's house and you do a job. That homeowner is always going to say, why am I paying the big boss, you know, a big buck to do this job? The, the kid's doing it for me. So let me ask the kid to do it for me for a little bit less. 
So a lot of homeowners say, hey, listen, you did a really nice job. I know you, I, I can see you know what you're doing. If I ever have a problem, can I call you on the side? So here's my number, and then I would get a phone call to do like a, a little repair here, a little repair there, you know, changing, removing a toilet, putting a new toilet in, changing a faucet, and then you slowly start getting your clientele. When you start getting your clientele and you start getting good at it, then you start getting into your bigger steps and doing full kitchens, doing full bathrooms, doing boilers, doing hot water heaters, doing, you know, like nowadays they have all that high technology radiant heat and they got all these <clears throat> um, high efficiency boilers that are, you know, expensive, but it uses like half the gas and you, the boilers mm. do back then. Okay. So you do your own job and then you come here and if anything here needs any like plumbing done you fix it here well, as well plumbing and anything i mean i plumbing is my thing but if like you know um a chair breaks or something breaks or something has to get done uh, you know light fixtures anything that's got to be replaced sometimes a place gets a little bit crazy a pool stick swings they break a light or something i just you know go to home depot lowe's or hardware store buy what i gotta buy come here on saturday and sunday just put it in so where do you get time for yourself? You run both businesses. Mm -hmm. How do you manage like your businesses and your personal life? Well, plumbing, I try to schedule uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays I'm here. And Tuesdays and Thursdays I do nights and Saturdays and Sundays I do mornings. So I schedule my week. So Tuesdays it's light, Thursdays it's light. Like, mm. I overpack myself on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Friday's not really because I, I want to get home and spend time with family, but um, I work really busy on Mondays, really busy on Wednesdays to get as much work done, so Tuesdays and Thursdays are my lightest days. Today was bad because my, my partner in plumbing went to North Carolina with his wife. Oh, so all okay. his jobs he would have had came on me today, so it was kind of... It was It was a, a little bit more hectic, but we got five trucks. We got five guys working, so it makes it a it little bit easier. It makes it easier. And... Here, like, what do you feel like? Who runs things when you're not here? My partner, Steve. Okay. So Steve does all the bookkeeping, all the payroll, all the all the you know, all the paperwork because that's what he's good at. I do all the maintenance and ordering. I order the liquor. I order the beer. I order all the. Um, uh, utensils for the bar, the straws, you know, all that stuff. But it's kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I, I don't do it all myself. What I do is I get the guys to do it for me. Okay. Like I get the bartender to send me a liquor list. So all I gotta do is take the liquor list, copy and paste it, and send it to the to right distributors to get the liquor delivered. Deliver. So. You know, a lot of times when they come in, they come in an hour early, they go downstairs, they do the liquor list, they send it to me, I send it to the liquor company, and it's done, it's covered. When it comes to like the straws and napkins, coasters, glasses, yada, 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 the bar back Warren that just walked by, he would send me a list. You know, we need uh, sanitation, uh, uh, sanitary tablets for the sinks, and we need soap, and we need paper towels, toilet paper, whatever, whatever. He sends me the list, I just copy and paste it and send it to the right people. So I, I try to make my life a little bit easier by using other people's, other people's brains. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's normal because you, you have your own business. You come here. Right. And, you know, this is one of your, like your best friend's mm -hmm. dream. So you're like, you know, for him, you do this. And then for yourself, right. you do something else. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, 
the bar looks really nice. You guys do a pretty good job. The soundproofing is kind of the soundproofing that you look up. We spent so much money because we knew that we had tenants above us. We built this place with like super super insulation between the beams. Then we put double sheetrock to deaden the sound. Then we put a thing called uh, dampening bars, which is like a little spacer. And then another piece of sheetrock goes over. So now, now there's an air bubble between two pieces of sheetrock with a little wow. with a little strip of rubber, so the vibrations don't go through from one to another. Another. Oh. Okay. okay we did all that. We spent tons of money insulating this place. And as soon as we opened up, the tenants are complaining. So we went out and bought this foam stuff that says it absorbs the sound. So we bought that. They're still complaining. So. <laughs> I mean, but. I feel like Bill probably would have been proud. You, I think so. You I guys so. are doing an amazing job. I, I mean, job. I really honestly wish he would have, you know, stayed around a lot longer, seen it happen, you know. Uh, you know, like, like I said, he was more the, the guy that should have been here, you know, so I, I feel bad that he's not. And I think if he would have been here a couple more years, you know, the bar probably would have been, you know, had a couple, because he was... It, it was his dream, so in his head, he always had these things he wanted to do. Like, everything we have here in the bar, he, he always wanted like a rustic, kind of like upstate, kind of old-fashioned kind of bar with the wood, the wood floors, like rusty kind of bricks, you know. You know, he didn't want like a modern kind of bar, kind with, of like, bar. With, with like the neon lights and the disco and the, you know, lights flashing. He didn't want it, he didn't want it like that. He wanted like a, like a old style kind of like cheers where everybody just comes here and everybody knows your name and kind of like a little friend kind of thing i mean that's the kind of vibe that i get when i walk in here right he didn't want this gimmicky kind of bar he didn't want like the you know like palladium or you know studio 54 he didn't want this gimmick kind of bar he wanted like a every day just walk in you feel comfortable it's not like you know too hipsty yeah you know like the drinks you go to the grange and they got all these like egg egg whites and, and, yeah. yo- and yogurt and kind of like weird yeah. drinks he wanted just a typical old-fashioned old fashioned. and just just basic stuff okay um i think those are the questions that i really had i thank you for your time you got it thank you so much for being a part of my podcast um the grill on the hill is on 140th street in amsterdam um you guys could come in the <laughs> drinks are amazing the food is amazing and thank you Julio for taking the time and that's it guys thank you for listening to Soul Talks until next time